You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome to In the Open. We're back. America and Teresa. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about how to be myself. This podcast idea comes from a listener, Lauren, who actually shared with us this feeling that she has about being traditionally an overthinker, maybe a talker, and having had a lot of joy or excitement in her relationships when people get together and brain dump. But as she transitioned, she also realized that she started to really enjoy small talk and the way that 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 felt. And for America and I, it really there were several topics I think here that we have come up with as a result of Lauren's email. So thank you, Lauren, for checking in with us. For us, it it leans into, you know, <laughs> my authentic self can be an overtalker, but I'm also multiple people. I don't know for America, I, I was thinking about sometimes I feel like my anxiety self is an anxiety is like a really exciting personality because it's funny and I'm self-deprecating. But then I'm like, when I get depressed, I'm not those things. And I have a lot of, then my anxiety is about like, does anybody really like want to hang out with the depressed me? Yeah. And then just in general, like, who am I? And do I feel like I am who I am? And does anybody really like me for who I am. So I think we're going to start to unpack a bunch of that over the next (laughs) several podcasts, uh, starting with today on just how to be myself. How do you know who you are? And like, it's just weird as an adult to even say that even at 40, I struggle with this. Yeah, I think there is this idea in the world that once you become an adult, you're supposed to know who you are. (laughs) And I don't, and I think that's, that's, I call BS on that because as adults, we're still changing. We're still trying to figure out the spaces that we want to be in, how we show up in those spaces. And then couple that with like everything that wants to put a label on you. So then you're like trying to figure all that out. And then it's like, yeah. 40 something, not quite sure exactly who I am yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In my 30s, I definitely felt more secure. It's not that I knew who I was. I just, I knew myself enough so that bullying doesn't bother me. But that's different from knowing who I am. Okay. So when you say that, like you knew who you were, what defined you? back then. I mean, I in my 30s, I wrestled less with this idea that I'm utter trash, (laughs) right? Like, like, I think that when I was very insecure about my personhood, like in my journey, my mental health journey, there were large times where I could not manage my anxiety or my depression. I was wrestling with trauma and bad relationships, and it was just a dumpster fire. And so myself at that point was like a wound up ball of tension. And so if somebody came at me and I felt insecure, I would react and I would get mad and scared and felt vulnerable. And so I had to learn that like you're not those things that your life has taught you and that is not you. That's your trauma. That point 
I is so important because I think most often we think about ourselves as the things that have happened to us mm. and not us as me who I am. Yes. So there's so much in that one statement that you just said. And it sucks because you're all like, oh, I had 20 years of therapy. I know myself better. And now I'm in my 40s. And it's like, surprise, you spend all that time trying to unpack that space and you still don't know yourself. But I love what you said. It's like, I, I do think there's some part of me that I think that talking to you helps me realize that I need to stop having these judgment statements about knowing myself and who I am and just what you started with, which is accepting that discovery and life discovery is a constant process of being surprised. Yeah. There were parts of my person that I I genuinely kind of embraced, right? Like they're just who I am. And, and that for me is in many ways tied to my Latino heritage, my Bolivian heritage specifically, right? And understanding that and, and what that means. So, and personified, that's understanding as a girl in a Spanish family, some of the roles that may be set and then me pushing against those. And willingly, my parents were like, spread your wings. You know, they're, they're not very traditional in that way where they were like, no, a young lady can't do those kinds of things, you know? Mm-hmm. So part of that is understanding who I am, but then the more personality traits kind of aspect of my person, mm-hmm. they've developed over time. Like I learned that I can't be quiet. Like I just can't. It, it, it's something like something eats away at me when I can't be like, I have to tell you what my thoughts are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and so sometimes that's gotten me in trouble. Yeah. And others are like, oh, you should share your thoughts more. And I'm like, I don't think you really want that. You know, I've had trauma in my life too, but those those aspects of my experiences don't sit on top of that kind of framing for me. They always do though, right? Because our past experiences do affect who we are. Yes. So that, like that, yes. Yeah. So your past relationship with your marriage influences your current marriage. And you're like, yes. oh, am I as a new partner my authentic self in this relationship? Or am I just my <laughs> bruised person from whatever happened to me? And the answer is both yes. You are all those things. This is yes, part of and- who you are. You bring all that to the table. But I agree with you. What you're talking you. about is important a part of identity, which is like we know our habits and we know what we like. And sometimes we have contexts in relationships and friendships or work where we're not always ourselves. Like, you know, you have to talk. You know, you have to say something. But saying something gets you in trouble. I mean, some people on social media have called that masking, code switching. Yeah. Like work me, home me. But like, who's the real you? I love what you said about <laughs> labels because so much of society is like, you must know yourself, mostly so they can figure out how best to sell you stuff. Market to you, <laughs> yes. <laughs> or make you feel bad because you're labeled as X and therefore I'm going right. to find a way to give you this mushroom juice. I don't know. Yes. And so there's this constant 
thing that we all have been swept up in where we like must know where we belong and we must know who we are and how we operate in various contexts. And that I think brings up anxiety. Like, has there been a situation where you were in a situation and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know anything that these people are talking about? Yes. Let me tell you, I went to this conference years ago. It was fabulous because it was a Latino policy-related conference and everybody there was Latino. Mm -hmm. And I've never been in a space where most of the people in the room are Latinos other than like a family function, you know? And I was like, what? Check this out. And then they started talking about stuff and I was like, I was going to sit right here. I don't really know what you're talking about. But I was like, I'm going to find a space. I'm going to find a space because I, I know I know stuff. I know I know stuff, you know, but it pushed me to think about myself differently because most often in those spaces where I am not a majority in that space, mm-hmm. then I have to code switch. Not I have to. I do it. You do it. Yeah. Out to of survive. Safety, yes. Out of safety, out of making sure that you're able to navigate in it. But who am I, right? I'm still me. Yeah, you are still you. I have a question. Yeah. When you were in that uncomfortable situation, Mm. what made you uncomfortable about being yourself? Was it what they talked about, the topic that you didn't feel comfortable with? Or was it the energy or the vibes that they were they were expressing and like, and you didn't feel comfortable with their vibes? A little of both. They were talking real like policy wonky stuff. And I was like, I don't know this ex legislative thing that has happened when I was like, okay, if you want to break it down in a way that I can understand it, like I can give you input. That's fine. The other piece was because this is a space that has like previous attendees, there was some automatic camaraderie between people that had already participated. So me being a newcomer, I have to find where exactly I belong within these circles. Oh my gosh, that is my nightmare. Yeah. Walking into a context where people are best friends (laughs) because that kind of shared experience brings a lot, right? Yeah. People are talking about shared life experiences. It's hard to break into that. Which is so funny that these experiences are tied to how we understand ourselves and the Mm -hmm. way we see ourselves in the context of relationships and other people. Right. And like scientifically, right, if you look at that same exact situation, out of a room of 500 people, at least 80% of the people in that room feel the same way. Yeah. And the conference is the worst. It's like showing up to high school for the first time. Yeah. That is what that feels like. Because your natural instincts are to find (laughs) your people. Yes, totally. And you're basically asked to be dumped in a sea of strangers. And that's the the part, right, that I think can be most scary because you're just – you're having to navigate new spaces. But one of the things you also said earlier, right, and what you were getting at is – you've been through this process, like you grew, you grew in therapy, like literally grew in therapy to understand who you were in different aspects of yourself. So today, if I ask you, who is Teresa? Like, how do you define that? 
I don't know who I am, but I'm not sad that I don't know who I am. Okay. And I'm saying today, let me tell you, like a month ago, I had a conversation with these people who were super into music and I've fallen out of music and suddenly I was like, oh my God, I'm so uncool. And so I still struggle with those feelings or those thoughts or whatever, but I'm better able to just be like, you know what? Like, it's okay. Like, and it is honestly because I have found people and support people in my life. And so if you, if, if I tie those two things together, I feel more secure and I know myself better because I've also found people that are like me and that really helps. We're going to talk about that like later in another podcast, but I had to get comfortable at least with some of the basics like you talk about. Like I am a person who likes to talk and maybe you know in your relationship you like a certain kind of give or take. Mm -hmm. This is true. Like in my friendships, I have found that I really dislike small talk. Okay. Like I have people in my life, family or friends or when I'm not comfortable with someone and they want to talk about the weather – or what they watch on Netflix for the Mm -hmm. 50 millionth time. And I'm like, that's cool. But I'm going to want to talk to you about stuff. I feel like we've talked about this, like making friends as adults. Like, I love a person who can be more themselves. And is that a part of growing older and feeling more comfortable with myself and finding other people who do love to talk about the topics that I also enjoy and we share in that experiences versus like what I was saying about my old anxiety me is I started to wonder if people didn't actually like if I didn't actually like them because we had shared interests they just liked me because anxiety me is funny so I have some friends who I feel like I'm super fake with I'm not myself are they you're really friends then Well, I know that's what's hard is like, I feel like they're my friends because we have a lot of shared experiences, but I'm not myself with them. Like we talk about a lot of surface stuff. It's like checking in. How are you? Oh, that's really cool. But it's not like, it's not me. And I can't show up and feel automatically like these people get me and I'll need to pretend who I am. And I can be stupid or great or fantastic and they're always cool with these other people it's like oh i know i'm not my genuine self we're like hey how are you doing oh yeah things are great i still think that that is you but a different yeah different you, you. a different yes, me it's a filtered my, you my one that knows if i show up with all of my r- rage and gloriousness that they that I'm still afraid that they might judge me. And so I kind of like maybe hold back, you know, like I know I'm not yes. my most authentic yes. self with these people because <laughs> I'm not sure they're safe. But I want to I want to say this with with that thought in mind. I don't think that that's a bad thing. Hmm. I, yeah. I really don't. Because like like you said, and I said right now, like we show up in these spaces in a certain way out of safety. Yeah. So. It's tied to how comfortable we feel. Yeah. It's not that it's a bad thing. Actually, what what happens is people will watch me in that space and they're like, why do you give time to that? Like, are those people your real friends? Just like you said. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, well, they're your real friends. Like, is that how you want to spend your time? And to me, the answer is yes. Because even though I'm not my full, full authentic self, I'm not not myself. Like you said, I'm still myself. In some ways, and I still get a lot of some meaning from those relationships. 
there's a history, there's a comfortableness, there's some context, there's things from history that I can bring up. I'm not going to just abandon that just because I'm not my full authentic self. You know what I mean? Yes. But people don't ask me like, oh, those relationships are bad. They're just like, why are you putting your energy into those relationships if you don't have a lot of time? Right. But, you know, I think those relationships help you refine the relationships that you really want to find so hmm. that you can show up more authentically. So is that right? For, you, tell me what that means for you. Cause I think there's a story behind this. <laughs> I think, I think like this, right? Like you have a work self, you may have mm -hmm. a school self, you may have a daughter self, all these things, right? That within the frames of everybody that's looking at you, you're going to navigate these spaces. But then when you start going out into the world and saying, you know what? I actually like alternative music. I actually like speaking in Spanish. I like, I like code switching from English to Spanish all the time. Mm -hmm. It feels so natural to me. So when I'm in an environment where that can happen, like it's second nature because that's what it is to me, then I feel more at ease. So I'm going to seek those out. I'm going to seek out those environments where code switching from English to Spanish is not seen like, oh, you're leaving a whole group of people out if you're speaking in Spanish. Mm. It's like, oh, okay, well, what about when y'all speak English and P Spanish speakers are in the room? So that's, what, that's, that's where my brain goes around finding these places where you really feel Okay, in this space, I didn't necessarily feel safe. Then what do I need to feel safety? Yeah. What I think I hear from you is that if you're a human being living in this world, you're never going to create – Compared to living on Mars, you cannot hide from scenarios where you have to be your multiple selves. Yes. The problem is when we get into traps where we label things ourselves and we're saying like, this is a bad me, a bad version of me mm -hmm. or a good version of me or the fun. So, you know what I mean? Because it, then it's like, oh, then are you being authentic to yourself? We have to code switch like what you're saying. We, we have mm -hmm. to learn what it means to be a work person, to be this a friend's person with these groups of friends or another group of friends. And is that kind of what you're saying too? It's like, the, yeah. And also that you're saying that those experiences help me refine my boundaries and my personhood mm -hmm. in a way yeah. that helps me uncover more of who I am, what I like. And that I know as I get older that those things will always change. Yes. So let me, let me frame one more thing before we, we end the session that I think is really, for me, it has been interesting. I have found that over the years, and, and I'm in my 40s, right? There are traits, personality traits about myself that continue to be true whether I was 12 and where I am today. So part of, I think, the exploration in this space is taking a, the time to from the outside in, look at yourself and be like, what remains true even after all these years? Mm -hmm. And that can help you then really maybe hone in on, oh, you know what? I am a really talkative person. Mm -hmm. I love having these conversations or I like talking about politics or I like talking about the next anime thing that's whatever. Mm -hmm. 
all of those are points that I think we oftentimes miss because we are bombarded with different messaging. I think it's true and it makes me think about the times, like if you're saying finding out your hobbies and your interests and your patterns and habits helps you identify who you are. Yeah. I also think thinking about those times where you felt especially fake Mm. or when I did something that made me feel uncomfortable inside was equally a good sign that I was acting in a way counter to who I really wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I think of times when I was a bully as a kid and I had been bullied. So then I was like, oh, now you're a bully. And I still have those memories in my brain where I'm like, because it was teaching me how not to be. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel you. I've had that. Like you walk away, you're like, I cannot believe I, I did just that. did that. Yeah. That is not who you are. And it's hard when you just label people as fake or whatever, because everybody has their own sense of that, right? All, all you can say is you know yeah. that it's- I call it like faker to me, like yeah, you're faker faking. Faker to me. Yeah. yeah you, not to I'm, anybody else. Like, I, that's what, I love that reframe because you're like, no, in this moment, I am faking, not people are fakers, you know? Because I see a lot of label like that too. And you're like, how do you know that person's a faker? Maybe this is their authentic self. Right. Appreciate that. If you personally feel like you're faking, you are the only one that can know that. You can also yes. only know when someone something brings you genuine joy. Yep. So this is the beginning of this next series of questions. Today we're talking about how to be myself. And next week we're going to talk about how pe- will people like the real me? Then how do I find people like me? And then we're going to start talking about personality traits like introversion and depression or extroversion and mania, et cetera, et cetera. So, I, you know, I, I do want to say one thing. On this podcast, I think we are closer to our truer selves. So the world is getting a, a glimpse of who we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely for this whatever amount of time. Even with work, I'm, I turn on this podcast, I'm more my genuine self. So I mean, I do appreciate that MHA is the kind of place where I even have an experience like this and be my genuine self. And I think I'm more myself, meaning I don't have to feel like I'm forcing myself to be together. Mm. Yeah, as compared to other work environments. And I, I would just say like, as somebody with mental health issues, like it's very exhausting (laughs) to try to present without weird thoughts or habits or ticks or things and i do appreciate about mha yep thanks everyone see you thanks everyone bye keep fighting in the open